You're listening to What's in the Box, the Xbox News Reviews, Theories, and Conspiracies podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Hutton, and I'm joined by the Spartan with the fattest phalanx, Kyle Sandin. And it has the girth of 300 men. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. And uh, alongside Kyle, we've got the illest MC of the Socratic method, Hunter Seelock. That's me, but alas, I am immune to Hemlock. <laughs> <laughs> and rounding out the gang, we've got the jovial playwright with a penchant for bathhouses, Brooks Nickel. Of course. Of course. I'm the one, the massage parlor one, the bathhouse one. It's always me. <laughs> so wet. <laughs> when Brooks and I lived together, um, he lived kind of the back part of this old house, and it was so dark, like always, to get to his room, and we called it Shady Brooks Lane. Yeah, and he developed quite <laughs> a reputation in the back room. Yes, if you know what I mean. Oh, no. <laughs> I uh, I had kind of a weird week that almost ties into a weird moment during the week that almost ties in with our theme tonight, which will be a super late and spoiler heavy review of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, everybody's yeah. hopped into it and most of us like it. And we thought we would kind most of, of uh, <laughs> most of give it the treatment it deserves and, and and do a spoiler episode. So if you haven't finished the game, uh, we are going to do the news like we usually do, and then we'll uh, get to that portion. So you might listen through the news and then uh, cover your ears. This week, I, I work at a, a college, and our mascot is the Trojans. And we had a day where we were all supposed to wear um, school cl- clothing. Like Trojans. <laughs> yeah, you see where this is going. You see where this yeah. is going. Uh, yeah, I realize that yes. Assassin's Creed Odyssey doesn't deal with the Trojans, but um, anyway, I found a shirt that was just like in the supply closet because in Josh Hutton fashion, I forgot to wear one. And uh, I put it on and the president of the college walks in and she goes, oh, Trojan man. <laughs> and like, didn't think about what she was saying or it was oh, just like no. one of those moments where you're about to lose your shit in front of the president of the college, but you know if you do, she'll immediately become aware of what she said. And but she almost yeah. said it in the cadence, like the the Trojan oh, man. I mean, no. there was there was an inflection there that was natural. It's been the bit she was working all day. Just, just she wants like the fifth victim. <laughs> that was a euphemism. Maybe I like that version better. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, once on, again, your race. sexual harassment is the perfect segue into the news. This week. <laughs> yeah, sexual harassment is once yeah. again perfect. Segue. Like, it's at oh, least what a world! I believe it's oh, the shit. Yeah, um, a former rock star employee says he was groped by Good an. Lad. Yeah, uh, this guy did not have. We we're not we're unaware on the value of this man's penis. I would assume yeah, it's, it's not a pretty million dollar cock, but well, it's yeah, yeah. There's a. <laughs> it's probably like a sixty to seventy thousand dollar cock, though. I would imagine that's, a, that's expensive. That's that's high level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, this one is another report by Kotaku that is again very very thorough, and I will not go through all of it, but you can check that out. Um, there's a man named Colin Bunchu. Bund Shu. I don't know how to say that. I'm sorry, Colin. You have a weird last name. I can't <laughs> say it. 
um, was the victim in this. And what it basically comes down to is Barrera, I think. Jason, maybe I can't yes. think of his last name. Yeah. Long story short, they were out at a ended up out at a nightclub with a bunch of colleagues and them. The executive asked the victim to dance and was apparently grinding all over and being super shady. And you're like, okay, well, maybe he was hammered. But then apparently they were sitting down at a booth and the executive like patted his lap like you should come sit here. And this poor employee didn't know what to do. So did like a half ass lap dance where he didn't touch him at all, apparently, allegedly. And then before one of his colleagues rightfully stopped that quickly, as the story goes. And then a little bit later, the executive allegedly breached and groped the inside of this poor bastard's thigh. Um, Mm. Okay. And that's that's pretty well it. The executive says it didn't happen. Uh, the rock star's response is what you would expect. We don't we don't comment on pers- or on specific deals and the story is this didn't happen all that kind of shit. So that's that's really the Naturally. really the high points there. But some more some more sexual harassment this time at Rockstar. It almost sounds like he kind of let it happen. Like I would have shoved the guy or thrown a punch, you know, if you tried to pull some of that on me. Yeah, but. You'd you think, would probably be like two or three know. monsters deep too at that point. Monsters, <laughs> of, uh, yes, and Jaeger, monster and Jaeger yeah. bombs. Yeah, <laughs> that exec would have to hope there were several layers of drywall between <laughs> That's right. you so and him. I'm good at about three layers. So, <laughs> yeah, this is this is coming on the tails of all the like overwork at Rockstar and them having right. to do all the crunch and stuff for Red Dead and um, they've had other allegations against leadership before. Yeah, this specific incident apparently happened in like November of 2014 and the guy apparently went to HR like two days later and there was an investigation that was basically the people that were there either didn't see it or I think one person said there might have been some inappropriate behavior but nothing came of it, you know, and Mm -hmm. then I don't. I can't remember. I read it. I can't remember off the top of my head here. I don't have it right in front of me. What caused him to bring it up now? I don't. I don't know if it was the the other stuff that's been going on, uh, sure. or probably therapy. Or he talked Maybe. to a lawyer. Oh yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, again, Kotaku carried the, uh, covered this uh, in great detail. Again, it's former rock star designer says former top executive groped him right on the nose of the headline. You can't miss it. Kyle, um, why don't you tell us about the very weird rumor that has emerged over the last week regarding a game that came out in 2012? Yes, Borderlands 2. Speculative DLC for it. Apparently, what I was reading, it might, or they're theorizing it explains what happened in the seven year gap between Sanctuary or not Sanctuary but Borderlands two and three and can kind of explains what happened to Sanctuary two and then coming into this Sanctuary three, something like that is what I was getting from all my readings. So uh, if that's the case, it should be a pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's like a couple things that coincide with it, aside from just kind of the rumor mill stuff. Um I know PlayStation is making it like excuse me, the handsome collection is gonna be one of their PlayStation Plus free games uh, next month, which would coincide with E3. And then I'm, I'm kind of wondering if it'll be paid or if it'll just be kind of, you know, more like marketing content for the upcoming game. Yeah, that's what... be free. 
but that's what I was about to ask because I had forgot to look it up if it was going to be a they're going to charge for it or kind of be like hey, you know, here's some some hype DLC. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen anything on, in regards to the price. I I think it'll be interesting, and I I think a few months ago somebody like the somebody that streams the game and plays it pretty regularly mm-hmm. had uh, found in an update file, something about like a rainbow tier weapon or something instead of like exotic or epic or whatever the hell. Um, hmm. And, and, and was like, what is this? And so I put it past there, him. <laughs> yeah. So there was some type That's of awesome. kind of, you know, in, in their change log on the game, some, some hints that there might be an update to the game that would mm-hmm. add uh, a higher tier of loot and stuff. So, um, yeah, it would be neat to see it come out. It's kind of crazy for a game that old to get DLC at this point, particularly a game that's not like a massive multiplayer game. Like GTA or, or something. Yeah, like. yeah, or some type of competitive shooter that's just been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. A free or like $10 or something would be the way to go. Because mm-hmm. I think just the value of, of getting people back in your game and, and hype, getting them hyped for that sequel will be a huge benefit to them. Brooks, tell us about the other game that came out or the other big reveal news that dropped today. Yeah, so uh, Death Stranding, um, which is Kojima's next game that's going to come out, which I think you know everybody is anticipating it's going to be fantastic, uh, if nothing but, but strange. But it finally got a release date today, which would be November 8th of this November. year. Um, so pretty excited about that. Don't currently have a PlayStation, but I'll find a way to play it. Yeah. Um, and they released, released it alongside a, uh, a new trailer as well. That is just fucking absurd. Yeah. Uh, so that's about seven minutes long. I, I definitely recommend you go watch it. Uh, everything that's come out on this game thus far has, has been in the same avenue of just fucking strange. And, uh, this one, this trailer is actually pretty heavy fisted with some uh, answers to questions that I think people have had, but it's still done in a way where you have no fucking clue what's going to happen with this thing. It looks like everything Kojima <laughs> loves and wanted to do with metal gear kind of rolled into a different setting, different story. Um, but yeah, it looks wacky. looks a lot of fun. I, I, I wish I could go over a lot of what was revealed in the trailer, but it's, it's just, I mean, it's at this point, it's, it's hard to even rope any of it down. But there's definitely some some wacky stuff at play here. Yeah, I do think like this particular trailer more than any of the other ones made it feel like it actually has like a story. Like almost all the other ones yeah. looked really interesting, but they seemed almost like fever dreamish or yeah. like really abstract. And it still is abstract and and unusual. Um, but there also seems to be a, a overarching narrative, and uh, there were some great like voice lines in that trailer too mm-hmm. like i loved the when norman reedus's character was talking to like the president of the united states and the united states is just kind of this barren wasteland in this game um and you don't really see much of it you don't know the scale of like you know how many people are left or what happened or anything like that based on the trailer but he, he she's talking about oh we've got to continue we've got to rebuild and he says something like you you're the president of jack shit <laughs> Like, yeah. like it's, there's nothing left. <laughs> like, yeah. And, um, but it was, um, a lot of cool, you know, Mads Mickelson is in it. Yeah. As I said, they've, Del Toro. They've got some great uh, talent. Is, yeah. But yeah, it, 
It'll, it's the game that I might make me buckle and buy a, a PlayStation because I, yeah, I love sure. Kojima, huge Metal Gear fan, and love mm-hmm. his anything he's doing. And then um, the other game reveal news, um, we, we've changed the day we're recording on, um, which kind of stinks because if we were recording at our normal time, we'd be able to talk about this tomorrow. But um, tomorrow at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare live stream reveal will happen. Um, they haven't said outright that it's going to be called Modern Warfare, but there have been several leaks to that effect. Uh, they're not mm-hmm. going to have a number on it, I think, because the original Modern Warfare was Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, and so then making a Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4 seems pretty confusing. Uh, redundant. So, yeah, right. I think they're just going to drop a number off of it and kind of do a soft reboot to the series. So that's on May thirtieth. So by the time this comes out, that will have already been done. Yes, it will have uh, already happen. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Looking so, forward to it. Uh, yeah, you'll be able to check that out though. That'll be online somewhere Friday when this drops. Yeah, they keep they keep talking at like earnings reports and stuff that it has some type of mode that they haven't done before in Call of Duty, and so I'm. I'm hoping that is the case and it's not some just slight tweak. I, I'm, I would love to see open. A, a different type of experience in that world, something yeah. a little more open or something. Uh, hope it's war pigeons. I hope it's war <laughs> pigeons. That's right. Yeah. I fucking love Greatest that. Greatest game mode ever. Oh, man. Do your, like do your pigeon noise. Instead do of your... pigeons. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. I love, man, I I love Chase and Petey. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. <laughs> getting fucked up. What's everybody uh, been getting into lately? What's been been keeping you busy on the sticks? I hopped on the Destiny train with fucking Hutton here. Destiny. <laughs> Piece of shit. Everybody's so been having a real miserable time on it. And it's my <laughs> fault. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty guilty about it. I've really been been enjoying myself. Yeah, no, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's it's overwhelming because I think Brooks, you're in the same boat as Kyle and I, where we played heavy through the first year and played everything, and I think through the first uh, content drop, but then we haven't played it in a long time. So like the light levels doubled since we've been on, over doubled, and so it just it's a little bit daunting, you know. But but it's still a lot of fun, man. We played been playing some PvP. That's been a blast. We we did we never did that very much on the first one or the second one, and uh, we've been doing really well on that. Even not having the some of the weapons that would be ideal, you know. But it's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's one of those games that like we've all played so many shooters together that when we get in a groove on it, it feels real good because <laughs> oh, yeah. you know so how different. each other plays and uh, we can kind of feed off of each other. But it's, it's hard to hit that groove sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and the shooting, that's that's the toughest thing, too. When you're switching FPS games a lot, they all have a different flavor to the kind of how the aiming works or what tactics you need to employ, and that's always a fucking pain point when you're, mm-hmm. when you're coming. Right. But I've been enjoying playing it, and I appreciate you guys hopping in with me. It's been a lot of fun for me. Oh, yeah. been enjoying it as well. <laughs> no, it's been the fun. Most part. <laughs> yeah, and then we, we played Dauntless quite a bit over the last week. Still very good. I think I think I'm at kind of this wacky, and I hate to say pain point again, but I'm going to. I'm at a wacky pain point on that game where my gear is stuck at a certain level, 
and all the shit I have to fight to really bump it is is pretty challenging. And I run into issues of just matchmaking. People are slightly under leveled or whatever. They die a lot, and you you really have to rely on your teammates at at this juncture in the game. And so that's good that it gets to that point because I haven't gotten that point to that point yet. And I'm you know I was curious. I was wondering if it was ever going to get much more difficult. You know, because if you've got if you've got a uh, three other teammates that are semi competent, most of those behemoths aren't too difficult you know right um but it's it's the the combat's plenty fun i mean it's plenty fun it's the chasing of the gear and all that stuff that that i enjoy you know i'm not bored with it yet i'm pessimistic a little bit though it's so hard to that game i i feel a little pessimistic as well but i i'm still enjoying it it's it's hard to gauge how much content is there? Like, like I have no concept right. of it. I've seen so little coverage on the game itself. And it's had like 6 million players, and it's probably more than that now. I, I think the number's a few days old, but within its first week, so it's doing extremely well. And the work they've done on their server side has helped tremendously. Like, you can yes. usually, yeah. at least at the level I'm at, um, you can usually get a match inside of a minute. You know what I'm saying? You found Even if you're just by yourself, you found three more people pretty quick. It was not that away the first couple of days. But like, so they're, they're working on it. You know, that's, I haven't given up on it yet. It's a free, it's a free game. So I I definitely say it's worth checking out, you know, especially if you liked Monster Hunter or some stuff like some of those type of games, it's, it's a blast for no more than you have to pay for it. I agree. And then, um, I hopped into Void Bastards, which came out Tuesday, um, on Windows and Xbox and it's on the Game Pass. So if you have that, you have the game and it's made by the lead designer of System Shock and Bioshock. And it's a roguelike game. It's cell shaded. It's based on kind of heists where you go to different space stations and you kind of carve your own path through the galaxy. And I, I didn't spend a ton of time with it, so I'll, I'd like to circle back on it next week and and give maybe a more thorough hands-on. But um, the art style and the, the voice acting and stuff so far has been really quirky and and cool and, and sets itself apart. It is more of like a kind of slower and, and a little bit more methodical game than I expected. Like the shooting is something you don't really want to lean on in the game. Really? Yeah, you have to you have to kind of play stuff smart. Like um, a lot of times if you people like you've set off an alarm or something and people are charging you, you almost want to like throw a grenade and close like an airlock or something, you know, and like distance yourself from them or cut off doors and you know, remove yourself from situations. It's a lot more, it's more movement fight. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so that, that's kind of, yeah, it's, it's just a pace and a, and a, and a style that I usually (laughs) not akin to in games. So it's been a bit of an adjustment in the small time I've played with it, but I I think it has a a lot of potential and all of the, like your instances when after you die and stuff and you come back are randomly generated. So I'm sure there's a, a high margin of replay value in that. That one's been interesting. I might have to look into that one a little bit more. Yeah, likewise. But yeah, anyway, uh, all that stuff's been good. And um, I'd love to get started on our feature and our review this week. So that we're, we're entering the sealed section. So if you want to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey or are currently playing it, we're about to spoil the fuck out of it. So oh, oh yeah. Now you have Spoil been it. warned. Um, <laughs> That's right. Get out of your Jacob. Basically, you uh, let's start at That's the right. end of the game. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we start with the the beginning of the story? Um, it does a a portion where you're King Leonidas, the Spartan army, and the is it battle? Is that the Battle of Thermopylae? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Leonidas is. 
a long time ago. Indeed. Uh, like 480 <laughs> BC, I believe, in September. But oh, uh, there we go. Yep, yep, yep. Listeners uh, first have to select their gender. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> the right. current year, sir. Uh, I chose the late. But yeah, the current, the, the main characters that you play are the grandchildren of Leonidas. And so the main deal is you're using his spear, basically, and your hero blood. Yes. I mean, it's, if you. You probably know because you've been playing Assassin's Creed, but it's easy. The Isu bloodline is kind of the whole thing of it. That's kind of the as mm-hmm. far as the on as far as on the Greek end of it. It's funny you said you chose uh, Cassandra because I feel I feel like so many people chose her as a character, and I thought that was interesting. I chose her because Josh said the voice acting on her was a lot better, and I can say it was fantastic. Really? Okay, because yeah. that was one of my beefs. Was there was some corny dialogue with Alexios. The dialogue is still corny, but I think hers oh, is better. Okay. Because one of the things I've done the last couple of days since I knew we were doing this is um, one of the things you can do, because the internet's a thing, is you can watch movies of these games where they just, mm, people mm-hmm. just take the clips together. Yeah, the cutscenes. Yeah, yeah, and it was like nine and a half hours worth, <laughs> a lot worth of, of videos <laughs> that I watched today, actually. Uh, I worked oh, by myself, fuck. and so I just did, that's what I've been doing all day. It's been Assassin's Creed all fucking day, and awesome. I watched it from playing as Alexios. And I have played, I have seen both of them, and I will say that her voice lines are better, her voice acting rather. That figures, and I liked her a lot as a female character. I think she's kind of an unusual avatar for video games. Like she's very like curt and brutal but she still has like a, a margin of feminine charm and stuff like it's not like she sacrifices right, but clothes. femininity in that yes still. and she's clothed and she's that's a rare uh, you know thing. whip smart and mm-hmm. yeah like a very capable person and then it's not like getting that damselly territory or like oh i'm a femme fatale motherfucker it doesn't go that line <laughs> either you know it's it's kind yeah. of like that sacred middle space um which is you know something brooks is trying to find mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah That's well right. do we just want to do we just want to kind of hit some of the highlights because it's a shit long story oh yeah uh, i mean no tell it tell it to me in length well, you're <laughs> gonna be here a while sir Been <laughs> your best morgan freeman impersonation i that, that's pretty excessive even You'll for gain, me like two then, freckles Kyle, yeah. if you'll interrupt every once in a while while he's doing the Morgan Freeman thing as like a Hispanic person that wants to order a cheeseburger but is really oh, struggling no, with the English buy. language. This sounds this <laughs> sounds real real dangerous. <laughs> oh. Hey man, hold on, Morgan Freeman, I want a cheeseburger. <laughs> yep. Why are you gonna do that, man? Uh, hey, he did it. <laughs> Everybody did it. Oh, gonna have a letter in the box next week. Yeah, Brooks, we'll we'll live together out. or we'll get sued together, man. This is a brotherhood yeah. now. Yeah, being court. Oh, no. Uh, we'll we'll take a photo where we're eating a taco salad. Since I love the Spanish, <laughs> love Mexicans. Yeah. I yeah. know. <laughs> the bunch of God bless him, man. <laughs> That that solves everything. All right, the story. So we get a we get a little uh, preamble where you're playing as uh, King Leonidas, and then it flashes forward in time, and I'll let you guys take. It. All right. Now. Okay. Yep. You start on an island. You fight some thugs. Get all loosened up. Now you're introduced to your little uh, little friend Phoebe. She's your helper while you're on this island, Kefalonia. 
And she's super, she's done really well. Super sweet, mm-hmm. like 10, 12, somewhere in there. Yes. Uh, very spunky, cool little sidekick. And since it's a spoiler episode, she later dies, which really pissed me off because they, Pomp-wong. well, they were, yeah. fuck, Kyle. <laughs> you know, they were letting you get all these choices and they make her fucking die. And I was yep. like, God damn it, I'd love to throat punch somebody at Ubisoft. It changed but, the way I played the game when she yep. died. Mm-hmm. I was like, no more mercy. Same. Or Phoebe. I shed a uh, tear. Yeah, it was brutal, dude. But yeah, then you have this dumbass friend, Marcos, who kind of uh, helped raise you, you find out. and uh, So you get to have a little respect for him. He's a bit of a putz. Yeah, he's a putz, and he's a bit of the like scheming. Yeah. Uh, he's Persian. Where he's, greasy. He's, he's greasy. Is he a Persian? <laughs> uh, no. I don't think so. All right, I didn't get very far nope. into the game. <laughs> I don't think they were getting along very well at that time. No, no. Maybe he just did he sell rugs? I'd say he's like the Greek version <laughs> of a trade up art boy. Oh no! I think you're thinking of Aladdin Brooks. <laughs> oh yeah, I am. No, he had a vineyard, right? He, he yeah, he did is. have a vineyard. He couldn't there make it. Is. Shit. Yeah, rug business. Yeah, and he up. he has a lamp so. and Will Smith's in it. Well, rub it the right way. Side note. Uh, Side note. Real quick. (laughs) Side note. (laughs) Look up Genie in a Bottle and count how many times she says the word come in that song (laughs) while we're on the topic of genies. (laughs) It will shock you. Uh, Well, anyways, um, (laughs) so yeah, your brother that raised you, and he's a Persian. <laughs> yeah. With a genie that likes to come. This is the hood version of Assassin's Creed. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> or it's always sunny version of it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the part of the deal too is you had a sibling. Part of the the whole backstory, your your origin story is your father was one was the commander of the Spartan forces. They talked mm-hmm. to the Oracle because war was on the horizon. And the Oracle, for some reason, was like, kill that dude's kid. Uh, and so you're playing whatever one you picked. If you picked Alexios, then it's the female, the baby that they're going to throw off the cliff. Yeah, uh, the, whatever character you're playing tries to stop it and ends up kicking an elder off the cliff. Your dad, in turn, has to throw you off of a cliff because it's ancient Greece. We got lots of cliffs. We got lots of problems. So we're just going to throw people That's off a right. cliff. Lots, and, lots uh, of babies dying. Right, and so that's why you end up washing up on a different island where Marcos takes care of you. And so part of the deal is you go to meet your dad, and he's ashamed. You're supposed to kill him, but you don't. Then you go on this big, long quest for your mom. It's, there's a whole bunch of shit. Honestly, I don't know how much to put in or out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's you're looking for your dad. You're looking for your mom. There's a cult. They're fuckers. It's a whole All thing. Uh but yeah, because there's this cult of cosmos, they're called, that they are everywhere. And that's the the biggest portion of the game or a large backbone of it is you're hunting these different cultists. Are they led by uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson? <laughs> it's unclear. They're nope, not done doing DLC. Probably main uh, day Congress, I would kind of equate to the cult of cosmos. Gotcha. They're like this uh, Illuminati vibe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Illuminati for sure. Mm-hmm. And you gotta you gotta hunt those hunt shitloads of them down. There's probably mm-hmm. forty of them, roughly. Yeah, it's awesome. And you gotta go all over the place 
hunting them down and that you can do that without doing any of the actual odyssey missions like storyline mm -hmm. missions that's pretty well the deal you're hunting for your dad you find him then you're hunting for your mom for a lot of it you find her and then you kind of the whole point is taking out the cult because they're taking over the yes taking over everything and athens and sparta are at war so you leverage that you, when it's convenient do you have to choose at the end after you found your mom and dad like which one you want to spend holidays and weekends with and which no, one you want to live but with? But I thought it was time. cool. Oh, you sit down for a nice little dinner with everyone that you see. Yeah. Unless everybody died like they did when I played through. Oh, no. <laughs> I had to cheat just to make sure it didn't happen. So I had yeah. to go back and play through a bunch <laughs> of crap. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end, your, uh, your sibling, whichever, somehow both of you get sur survived getting thrown off of this cliff, and the cult gets the baby. Um, and they turn them into a weapon. So that's like your rival. Uh, if you're Pokemon fans, that's Gary. Gary's an ass. He just keeps popping up. <laughs> yeah. You gotta fight him every once in a while. There's a Gary in Pokemon? Yeah, Gary's really phoned that one in. His name's Red. Hey, yeah, Red. He's a bitch. Yeah, yeah probably played football. <laughs> Jesus. Hunter played football. I was a Brooks bitch. Played football. <laughs> I played football. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> No, Jesus uh, didn't play football. That's right. You're wrong on that one. I wonder how much um, how much of the specifics <laughs> of the story do you guys want to get into versus like getting into some of the mechanics? Because we could literally do this story for hours. You know what I'm saying? And I feel oh, like... Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know, okay, you reunite with your, your mom. How does the, the rest of the, like, where does, how does she direct you? How does that ultimately collide with the cult stuff? How does the game, the main storyline end? Um, well, she is, she knows that Sparta has two kings at this point. And like, she knows that one of those kings is a cult member. And so she's helping you uh -huh. hunt down cultists a lot. Like, you help her do some side mm -hmm. missions here and there because she basically disappears and becomes a pirate, uh, okay. essentially. And so she knows a whole bunch of shit conveniently. And so you're doing that. So she'll, she basically, all these other side characters, their whole purpose is to guide you to cultists. You know what I'm saying? Because a handful of these cultists are you can only kill and find by going through the Odyssey missions, the regular in-game like main storyline missions, and that's right. what some most of these characters serve to guide you towards. And I noticed through all this, she didn't age a bit. Not a bit. No, <laughs> must be some miracle cream or something. Speaking of miracle Olives. cream, can we talk about when you have to when you find out that this commander of the Spartan army is not actually your father? But your actual father is the immortal Pythagoras, who apparently yeah, came down and badass. fucked your mom. And they just skipped right mm -hmm. over that. Pythagoras yeah. has a yeah, staff like, oh, that yeah. keeps him immortal because he's got Izu blood or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, yeah, he we fucked. It was a thing of love. It's like, bitch, what the hell? And he came down so, and fucked her to continue the bloodline of the Izu to get to make you two, your, you and your sibling, to bring power and all that kind of shit. Whatever. Bring balance, excuse me, to the chaos and order. I'm curious hunter what part of that drew you a direct connection to miracle cream miracle cream <laughs> well he clearly good... has miracle cream sir he has well yeah yeah like i i feel like i know what what it is but i want to hear you say it well i said it sir he has magical magical space interdimensional semen is that what you wanted me to say on the yeah, internet he has interdimensional space semen it really happy is. now thank you thank you very <laughs> much <laughs> i'm complete now speaking uh, of good shout baby. out to interdimensional <laughs> babies and future babies 
Well, swimmers <laughs> in the space time <laughs> continuum. Gravy. God. <laughs> I'd love you. You're an American class. <laughs> but yeah, so you, you hunt down Pythagoras, which is your father, and he sends you on this quest to hunt down. And this is worse. You get into fighting some of the mythical beings. You get to fight Medusa and some shit Hell like yeah. Yes, that. Yeah. Great boss fights, awesome. dude. Top notch mm-hmm. boss fights. Um, All the. I want to say ogres, but not the uh, cyclops. Cyclops, are... yeah, yeah, uh, and the minotaur. Yeah, I, I think it's it's really cool how they use uh, Pythagoras to be this this kind of gatekeeper that that lifts the veil between this this real world ancient Greece, which is what you know in that game for so long, and they they render it very beautifully and and keep it gritty and very immersive, and then to to usher you into this mythical realm where you're you're fighting so many classic figures in in the greek myth tradition that's super cool to me uh you there's a there's one of them that's a sphinx that's more of a puzzle you have a conversation with her and then you have to select tablets in the right order and that kind of shit but then the other three you fight normal boss fights and there's the minotaur medusa and a cyclops and they're 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 um there's usually yeah, there's a couple of other Cyclopses that are side missions, but there's one of them tied to the fate that's of Atlantis true, that's type true. of shit. Yep, yep, yep. That's the other thing. He's, um, yeah, Pythagoras is trying to protect Atlantis from uh, the cold mm-hmm. at that point, getting a hold of it. And your your you know all the Assassin's Creed have somebody in modern times that's going back with technology through this kind of stuff, and so they're trying to keep it from Abstergo and the Templars. Uh, is kind of the point of the overarching storyline, but it's uh, it's really fascinating. The other part that I really enjoyed too was you get to see all the historical characters yes. that you know and love. Socrates plays a big part. Uh, mm-hmm. Hippocrates, uh, Herodotus is a uh, is one of your buddies that's with you all the yeah. time. It's 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 really cool. Do you still like? Is there still a storyline where you lay in a bed and like mm-hmm. live all this through memories? You, you are yeah. there. Basically, that's what's happening, but you're on the fun yeah. part. That, well, like, because I remember one of the older ones. I can't tell you which fucking one because there's seven million of them now. But you, there's like some missions mm-hmm. where you have to run around as the person, right? Who, yes. Is that is that still? Yes. In play? It's just, it's just still the same uh, the same format as all the other ones. You're you're really technically the games based in modern times, and you have an animus. And usually something with DNA on it from one of these assassins, or in this case, um, the mm-hmm. bloodline of Leonidas. And then you mm-hmm. play as those people, and you're basically just playing the memories of them from current times. And every once in a while, you'll pop out to the modern times and play some stuff you don't really give a shit about because you just want to go back and swing swords and shit. But I think it's strange they haven't taken that out of it yet. Like, I don't know why they haven't removed that. With that in there, they can link all of the games, basically. Yeah, it's integral. That's basically what links all the creeds instead of, yeah, most, like, there's chunks of them, like one, two, and three, I think, were all connected to the same storyline. Odyssey and Origins are the same storyline. But I thought it was good. They they really lessened how much time you, you spend in them, so I thought that was good. The first two games, I think, did an okay job with the modern time thing. Like it was at least interesting and made you go, what the fuck's going on here? But as the series went on, I felt like they did a progressively worse job of that. And getting pulled out was just a real downer. And I'm glad that they've kind of seen, right. Okay. We've got to 
clamp down on how much time we're we're spending in a in the modern era and, and really just let people go in the, in the open world well the what well, i mean i don't know why they haven't done because the whole the whole thing during the um most of them because origins is a little bit different through most of the modern times is you're the assassins hiding from the templars and you have to get this information right now before they get it and they're hunting you right now they're looking for your secret little hideout i don't know why they never made you pop out of the animus and fight a wave of templars sure. of modern time you know what i'm saying probably because they yeah. have guns i guess that's why I just answered my own question, but there's no fighting in that, which is always kind of a bummer because that's the whole point of the game is I want to go sneak around and fuck people up. And and when you get pulled out of it, it's just like, let's go read some emails and walk over here. And it's literally just for some baseline story, just foundational story stuff. But it's, it was kept to a moderate level on this one. But there was, um, after you find where Pythagoras is hanging out, which is at the gate of Atlantis, which is also real in this game, uh, Layla, who is the the person that you're playing who is the modern day uh, protagonist, she goes down there in real time in the, in the current, like the modern timeline into that cave. And uh, Pythagoras ends up giving you the player you're playing it in ancient Greece, the staff, which makes you immortal. And your character comes out and talks to her looking like you did in 400 BC. Like that, that was yeah, kind of cool. Did yeah, that make any sense cool. to anybody? Well, they kind of looked the same, it. but at least mine was in like a suit. I don't know, like he was still modern. Yeah, well, yeah, they were in a they were in a suit, but like they hadn't aged or anything because they had they had the staff that Pythagoras had, and they basically took up the mantle yeah. that Pythagoras did. And at this point, mm -hmm. that would make them thousands of years old, you know, because it's 2019 yeah. or 2018, whenever the game's taking place. Like that, there's some really wibbly wobbly type of shit that exactly. keeps my attention that That's I really cool. enjoyed. How does the and main story wrap? in regards to the conflict between you and your sibling and the cult. Kyle and I had two different endings. Kyle, you want to tell them yours? Yours is a lot more fun than mine was. Yeah, so mine, uh, I cheated so I could uh, uh, save Cassandra on the mountain there. And then that's when you go back to have the dinner. Right. So everybody lived on yours, right? Uh, yes. Uh -huh. Mine, I ended up on that mountain and I apparently fucked up somewhere along the way. I don't know where, but um, you're trying to talk down your sibling because in mine it was I was Cassandra, but your uh, your brother and he like goes to hug your mom because she thinks he's fine, and your brother your sibling kills the mom right in front of you, and then you have to fight him to the death, and then at mm -hmm. the end you still have the dinner, but it's with your now you know his adopted father, the ex commander the of the Spartans and his adopted son. So it's Nicklaus and Stentor that I have a dinner with, and it's kind of awkward. <laughs> yeah, but, that's uh, really awkward. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the worst part of that game was Phoebe dying. And after that, it was like, nope, everybody's dead. Everybody's yeah. dead. I don't give a shit. Because oh, yeah. it gives you a lot of options there of, well, do I kill this guy or do I let him piss off? And sometimes it bites you in the ass and sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. uh, but it wasn't even a choice after that. I was like, nope, screw you guys. Well, that was one of my beefs with, you know, the Brasidas character. You know, you do a couple missions with him. Yeah. And they still give you all these choices, but the choice to, like, keep him alive or dead you know, it's like really early on in the game. Right. To where you either massacre this guy in public or do it in a cave and go against Proceda's like suggestion. And I did went against the suggestion because I wanted to kill that fucker I in did public. Too. I did too. And that apparently ruined my chance of saving him later on. I was like, well, that's so fucking right. dumb. So there is some things like that that will change some pretty major, pretty major parts of the game, which they yeah, did a pretty good job. This sounds a lot of. like Witcher 3 and, and like the, the fact that you can do things that seem right or 
the very worst, moralistically gray. And then they have these crazy repercussions. I always use the anecdote about like the first act of Witcher 3 was one of the most brutal first acts of any game I've ever played because it was like, oh, here's this baron who abused his wife and she left. And so you're thinking, well, good for her. She should have left. And then you get to know this baron more and he has like PTSD from war and he's an alcoholic. He's struggling and they lost a baby and he's haunted by that. And like you find the wife and you're trying to help her and did everything I thought that was right from like a moral standpoint on my first playthrough of Witcher. And it ended with the wife turning into like a hag, like this monster kind of thing. And then the Baron hanging himself. And I was like, oh, yeah. well, fuck me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I, had, I had to restart. Because <laughs> I was like, like there has to be a better outcome for this. But you have to do some stuff that makes you feel like a terrible person yeah. just to get the good <laughs> outcomes in, in these type of games. Where you're like, man, this is fucked. So that's how this, but you know, I left a part out on the Kefalonia where you start, and the first major choice is you can either like save this family where the villagers are being burned by a priest because of a sickness, and he's holding them hostage, and you can either choose to save them, or you know, let the priest kill them like he was going to do to keep the disease from spreading. And I saved them because they were like, well, I don't doubt they're sick, and I don't think it'll spread. And the next thing you know, the whole island's sick, and it spreads all over Greece. Well, fuck. Right. Well, because that's I. Uh, it's a family of four. And I was like, dude, I'm not doing this, because I was afraid if I chose to kill them that I would have to yeah. kill them. And I was like, no, no, no. I don't want to kill the kids. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Even digital, fuck that. And so I killed the priest, and like you said, the plague was everywhere. And there's a similar decision later on where you have to choose – to bless like a kid or to bless a farmer that has a lot of, that does most of the food for the region. And it's understood that whichever one you choose to tell the priest to give them the blessing, that's the one that's going to survive. And um, I think that time I chose the farmer because, you know, fuck them kids. Huh? I don't know. Yeah. It was one where you had to, yeah, it's a, yeah, whatever. It it wasn't as major of a plot point as that. That specific. Well, yeah, I I don't remember that. Interesting. So much shit. The game's great though. Uh, I'm curious, Brooks, as from what you played, what's the worst aspect of the game to you? Because I don't know if I could come up with many. I don't know. I didn't like I said I didn't play it long. It just it's I have this I have this inherent problem with open world games that they they can sometimes lack like any semblance of structure. And I think that's what got me with Assassin's Creed Odyssey was just that there was so much to do. I didn't even really know where to start. Right. And when I'd get started, then I'd, I'd feel like, you know, I just, there was too much to take in at once. And so I think a little, a little extra guidance probably would have got me further through it. But I, I typically don't finish games like that anyways. I mean, there's just so much time you have to put into them. It's interesting. But it, I mean, I, I, I know you guys enjoyed it. And so it seems like a good game. Um, the one thing I will say positive for me that I liked, uh, and I liked it as well on the last one that they did. What was the last one before? Origins. Origins, yeah, is it is they have kind of changed the genre a little bit and gone away from just the stealth stuff to uh, a little bit, you know, more combat heavy if you want it to yes. be. And I enjoyed the combat a lot. Yes, uh, yeah, I see. Yeah, there is so mm-hmm. much to do because I finished, I finished all this shit way out of order. You know what I'm saying? I didn't realize how out of order I finished it until I watched the the movie version <laughs> of it today. I was like, oh, this all makes sense now. This makes a lot more sense. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'll open it. I'll, basically, on this game, I ended up where I started like seven storylines 
and I would do a little bit on each one and I'd finally have to sit down because it was stressing me out and just have to blow through some of them. And they, they wouldn't make sense because they're all out of order and you forget what you forget, which one goes where and what happened before this one. And you start getting a little bit confused. So it is easy to get lost in the game, but the, the, uh, you know, like I said, the combat mechanics are so good. The ability tree, I think they did a great job with, uh, so it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, we've talked about kind of that thirty seconds that you repeat in a video game. I think they knocked this one out of the park. You know, yeah. you're doing the you're doing the same oh, shit. Yeah. You know, Easily. block, parry, dodge, strike, ability. You know, but it's it's you can mix it up to such an yep. extent that it's fantastic. And the different weapons play differently enough that it, that'll keep it keep it funky for you if you get a little bored with one type of weapon. You know, and thinking on the the time constraint, I. I Definitely get that. I think I finished just the main story, no DLC or anything, and it was like 130 hours. Yeah. That's like doing everything, finding all the question marks. And so I think since they're trying to add all these choices and stuff in, you know, have the new game plus, I, I feel like they should, on the next one, you know, maybe like knock 30 hours off or something and then right. really, you know, allow you to like maybe come back and do the new game and try out different choices and stuff because i would have liked to have done that but there's just way too much yeah i'm right at like 85 hours in and i pretty well finished all of the odyssey campaign but i haven't even i've probably only done like half of the locations you know what i'm saying and i've done a lot of the minor the smaller storylines i've done a shitload but like i still have to do all the dlc and all that you know so i mean you could you could easily you'll you'll do 100 hours on this game and not even blink but uh what was what was the the best aspect of it for you kyle uh you know story as usual was really mm-hmm. awesome uh, i like how they linked it to origins yes at the end there I thought that was really cool uh scenery they knocked it out of the park that was one of my big ones for origins and then this one was really good as well i took photos all over the place yeah, it was a, it's a beautiful beautiful artwork but uh yeah and then like the boss enemies like you said that minotaur was one of my favorites i thought I got chills and shit after killing them, and I was like, God, it's so awesome. You know, got a cool weapon and everything. I was going to say, when I got to that first mythical beast, I was like, shit, this is the end of the game. There's no way this is not the end boss, I think, when I fought the Minotaur. I was like, shit, I fucked something mm-hmm. up because this is supposed to be the last guy I fight. Clearly, this is the coup de grace of the game. And then you go on to fight <laughs> three more of the mythical beasts and open Atlantis, and yeah. it's not even close to the end of the game. You know, it's, uh, exactly. it's really good. How do you think this game's open world stacks up against other open world games? Do you like it better? Like, like what? Obviously, you spent so much time in this world. Maybe, like, how does it compare for you against Red Dead Redemption Two, a Just Cause game, or a Fallout, or an Elder Scrolls, or the, something like that? Yeah, the easiest thing, the biggest thing, because the the other open world that I've played the most, that I have the best idea of both of them, is Just Cause series. And my favorite thing about this one over that one is that like bases will repopulate because, but that's largely, that's a function of the setting because you're in a war. And if you wipe a base of all the people, they, they have an army and they'll just refill it. Or if you switch the, uh, who controls that region from Sparta to Athens, well, Athens will come fill it. And you're not really on anybody's side. So you can kill fucking everybody. But um, like on Just Cause, once you wipe a big military base, if you want to just go fight another military base, cause it's fun. It's not populated anymore. You know what I'm saying? There's no more guys there. There's no more snipers in the towers or machine gunners in the nest. You know, and that was always kind of a bummer. That kind of cut back on the replay value. But every if I just want to go to one of the bigger bases and try to kill everybody without getting detected, you can yeah. just go back to it. You know what I'm saying? 
that I think that was probably one of the better aspects of it, you know, because it's huge and it just the game never ends at that point. If you enjoy the combat mechanics of it, just the general gameplay, you can play it functionally forever. I think that's probably one of the better aspects that, that stuck out to me. And that was mine, too. I, I, I really liked, uh, you know, going through those bases, trying to be undetected. And I had to do it a couple of times. I, you know, I went through, found all the question marks and I'd go through some stories and they'd maybe go back to the same places again but i didn't mind doing it again i you know i loved going through all sneakily like trying to kill people and uh and that you know I, that's why i liked games you know like fallout you could do that in all the fallout games i'll tell you another well. thing compared to like skyrim the people that are that you are integral to the storyline you can't kill them you won't find you won't be able to find them like at one point uh peric like because you can kill the leaders of all of these regions right and at one point, Pericles is the leader of Athens, and you can't find him to kill him because he's such an integral part of the storyline later on. Um, which, like in Skyrim, I I've, I never finished Skyrim because I locked my game up after like sixty hours because <laughs> I went on a spree in one town, and I killed like three people that I had to have for classic yeah, that I had to have requests. Like, why can I kill these people? <laughs> and it locked my game up basically. Uh, so there was that, and again on. Uh, in reference to like Skyrim is if you're just going along and you find this random little camp of bandits and you kill them and there's a, there's a side mm-hmm. mission somewhere to kill that specific bandit that was there. You just automatically complete the quest and that's yes, so like, like, you don't, that. you're not going to miss any mm-hmm. quests by going on a murder spree, which is a lot of fun. You know, I thought no, yeah. that was, a, that was a huge deal too. Cause as big as that game was, and as complicated as some of the storyline as part of the line, the story's got, um, you would have broken. It would be so easy to break that game if that wasn't the case. So that's a good move. So we'd like to mention earlier, you asked, you know, Brooks about his worst uh, aspects. You know, in mine, I've kind of mentioned some already. You know, like the dialogue was corny. You know, some of the choices, forced choices, were were stupid. And I'll you know another one. One of those choices in the DLC, you get this wife, and they they force her to die. And it was like, well, what the hell. <laughs> Yeah, and a couple small things, but you know, he couldn't fast travel in my boat to ports and stuff. I had to fast travel to the the place and then go to the port and get my ship in there. And I was like, "This is dumb." Just little things like that. I mean, yeah, I I don't have hardly any negative critiques. Uh, frankly, it's 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 pretty good because it's it's huge, but there's so much shit. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to if you just wanted to get on your horse. Yes. You're not going to have to go very far if you just want something to do. And there's enough the synchronization points which turn it, which are essentially fast travel places. Um, there's so many of them that if you just get them while you're running through, and you have to go back there later, the odds are if you're getting them whenever you see them, and you got to go back, odds are you're going to get pretty close wherever you got to go. So it's huge, and you've got your horse pretty well anywhere. And so the the travel overland is slow, but there's shit everywhere to do. So it doesn't. It's not too big of a deal, I would say. I would like to go over the Atlantis DLC a little bit. Excuse me. Uh, now, have any of you guys played it yet? I've played very little of the DLC. Uh, I've got it all. I've got the Ultimate Edition, so I've got all of it loaded up. But I haven't. I basically just finished the game, the main storyline. I've gotcha. done. I've done <laughs> little bits of the season one DLC, the first half of it, but. I watched the Disney movie Atlantis. Oh yeah, dude, that's a great movie. <laughs> They need to tie that in somehow. One of the more underrated Disney movies, but yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Agreed. So I'm prepared. I'm I still prepared. don't know why they haven't done a live action version of that one. Busy doing Lion King, bro. 
that live action version yeah. of all the CGI characters. Well, of course. That's as live action as the original movie was, you fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the legacy, you know, really made you hate Persians. They kind of dive into like a little Persian cult. And so it was really good taking those. Yes, I down. did that one where there's another little mini cult with like seven or eight dudes, something like that, like five or six, maybe. Yeah, there's 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 more than that. I think they uh, I want to say like fourteen. Okay, well then I'm there. Maybe I more than that. Yeah, they they keep adding more. Because I did it. where I've got to uh, is where to like you do the. Two. Was it called the Huntress or the something like that? Where that was the head, the head guy. That part of the cult was the I don't know whatever the fuck. But it was another little mini cult. Gotcha. So that was that was fun too. So there's more. There's also some more minor yes, cults, like yeah, the Cult of Ares and um, Daughters mm-hmm. of Artemis are their own, but they're they're not quite. It's not as integral. Like there's, you're not hunting those, but there will be some like side bounties to kill X amount of this cult or whatever. But it was just there's a shitload going on. They 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 did a pretty good job of, uh, in my opinion, they did a real good job of making the politics of it super confusing because you have the main two states you deal with just Sparta and Athens, but then you have the the overarching cult that has no borders. And then the like kind of, I don't know, more barbaric cult, you might say, or the smaller time cults that are just kind of out in the woods and they're all kind of intertwined politically. And it's, it's interesting. It, they did a good job of it. I think as far as that goes, it too. is. Yes. But uh, no, I thought the Atlantis, I thought the Atlantis DOC was the best so far. It was awesome. I'd equate it to like uh, origins. Uh, you go to like the, uh, the afterlife you go to the afterlife and origins and that's kind of like what this uh, atlantis dlc is you go to this uh, computer generated afterlife I call it and you have this persephone who is uh hades slaved wife and you know, she attacks you right when you get there and then later on you uh well i don't know yet because it's just the season one but uh yeah you got hermes uh, which is really cool and this other uh, chick kate but uh yeah, no, the seniors is uh, super. And the the Fate of Atlantis DLC that you're talking about, that's the free that's the free DLC they do, right? Yeah, is the, it free? The Fate of Atlantis line, I th- I believe, is the one they give to everybody. The, the well, that's awesome. They did a superb job for it being free. Yeah, because the Legacy of the Second Blade and the, those other ones are the ones you get with um with the purchased the the purchase shit. They did a really good job on this scenery there. I thought it was it was a really cool atmosphere kill people in. I'm excited to check it out. <laughs> I think you're going to fight a mystical creature in the season two because it, the season one ends and you uh, she this Persephone chick throws you to a pit in her castle there and then the, she gives her, her pet dog this uh, magical something. I can't remember what it is. And then it turns into the, the three-headed dog. Erebus. Yes. And it turns into that and it comes out and that's when season one ends. Oh, and like, well, god damn it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, so... I think season two is going to be bad. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I've, I've, frankly, I've just been nothing, nothing but impressed for this one. You know, if if you're looking for a a single player game, if you don't have a whole lot of time to play, or you just have like uh, like my uh, my brother in law's got a kid, you know, and that's one he can throw that on. But if he needs to stop and do something, he can pause it, and there's no there's no problem. You know what I'm saying? You can just play for thirty minutes. This is a great one to throw on there if you're just kind of sporadically off and on through the day while you're just kind of dicking around want to play for a minute it's just it's just easy one to work into your schedule it's a low pressure game you know and ubisoft does deals all the time because i got the ultimate edition which is a hundred dollars it's the base game and all the dlc i got it for 40 
you know so yeah that was don't amazing. i would not pay full price for this game just because they put it on sale all the time <laughs> but i would pay a hundred dollars for exactly. it it's worth a hundred for sure oh yeah but they just do sales so often on it you'd be a bit silly to pay that right now but I, it's certainly worth it in my opinion i think there's i think there's just one more season of dlc but don't i'd imagine there'd only be yeah, one more don't quote me on that you kind of do most of the the area stuff in season one so uh, and my only beef with this, there's only one person I have a relationship with, and it's a dude. Oh no! Well, I, I fuck <laughs> yeah. like four ladies, and a, I fuck everybody. <laughs> I know <I'm> a whorehound. <laughs> that's that's kind of the the overviews. I mean, I know we didn't hit a lot of the specifics of, of it. Yeah, but there's the so biggest thing is don't get attached to Phoebe, and then harness the anger when she inevitably dies. It's a lot of running and hunting and stabbing and slashing. Good old Assassin's Creed game on a huge open world that is wonderful to look at. That's kind of my final thoughts on it, I suppose. Ship battles are good. Let me mention that. The ship oh, yeah, battles we haven't are very even talked good. about like, that. Uh, yeah, they did a great job mm-hmm. on the uh, on the ship ship fighting, uh, ship combat. Oh, That's so incorporated fun. a lot too. I spent hours doing yeah, that. The, after you've damaged the ship and boarding it, is uh, I can cleave like it. And oh man, yeah, or cleave it. There's uh, they work that in pretty well too because some of the cult members are part of their sea, their trade and sea fighting, like their uh, their fleet portion of the cult. And so some some of the cult leaders are big ass ships with like small fleets of smaller ships you have to go out and kill. So like that's incorporated. We didn't talk about that as much as it's incorporated in the game, but they did a, they do a great job on that too. But other than that, I don't I don't really know what else without just boring you to fucking tears. Sorry, Brooks. That's I know that ship sailed yeah. long ago. Huh? What's that? What were you talking about? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Yeah, pick pick up a copy. It's a good game. We're gonna do a review of it sometime. <laughs> A spoiler, a spoilers review in the future episodes. I can, see, I can see what's going to be in the box at the end of this episode. And it's going to be a murder <laughs> Assassin's Creed. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, speaking of what's in the box, Brooks, why don't you help us wrap up the episode as we wrap up every episode and tell us what's in the box this week. It's another box. It's a box of Trojans. Oh! Oh, no. <laughs> Because that's what this whole podcast has been about. That's right. The Trojan. The Trojan War. (laughs) Thanks for joining us here today, and we will see you next time. Now, like the Trojan horse, are they all punctured? So then it turns out to be like a tragedy? Yeah, it's it's a Trojan 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 horse, a Trojan. (laughs) The birth of a child is a miracle, Kyle. Not a tragedy. Unless you live in Alabama. Oh dear! Oh, God, God damn! All right, roll them up. <laughs> yeah, we're not have to cut that out. That up. Or Georgia. Also, Georgia. Don't cut that out for anything. You have to get Kyle. God damn! We're gonna cut that out. Looking at you, Georgians. Looks like we made it. Look how we've come now, baby. They passed a bill. Now we're poor and hungry.